So we are in a series uh, that I titled The Truth About Marriage. And when I started out the series, I really felt that uh, uh, marriages were under attack in, uh, in our world. Do anyone agree with that? And the way that marriage is defined in the world is a little bit different than how it's defined in, in God's word. And I wanted us to look at God's word and for us to get a great foundation of what marriage looks like from his perspective um, because his word never changes. And it appears that uh, men and women, uh, their, their philosophies change constantly. And marriage is the first institution that was uh, created by God uh, before education or before, uh, you know, uh, law enforcement, very important institutions, right? God created marriage. And, uh, and you see marriage in every culture in the world. You see marriage in um, every uh, demographic, every people group. So you know that it started in the very beginning because it has impacted everybody. So when we started the series, uh, there were, there, there's always marriages that are in trouble. You know, I, I say when I started the series, there were marriages that were in trouble. There always is. Uh, we learned about that last week. We, we learned that there is an enemy that is set against good marriages. Anything that, that are good purposes from God, the enemy wants to destroy. But here's a beautiful thing that I wanted to bring to you. Um, I got a text just uh, this week uh, from two people, two couples, uh, one from a, from a different state, and they had texted me. They were having some marriage problems, and they, they were really done. And I said, well, you can. you can. You can end it, or you can trust God. And I'm willing to trust God with you for your marriage. And we began to pray of uh, the brokenness that, that they were having in their, in their relationship. Their kids were, were in shambles, uh, um, teenage kids, all the way up to uh, younger children. And he said this to me this, this week. He texted me. He said, God is really doing some work that I have never experienced. My wife and my marriage has never been like this. That's the power of Jesus. That's one. And then um, I got another text message last night from a couple that uh, they got away and they, he said, I, am, uh, I need to prioritize my marriage. And so um, uh, he, they got away and, and actually invested into their marriage. And I want to say this to, to, to everybody, but some of you really need to hear this. Uh, whatever you invest to in your life is what you're, going to, what you're going to reap. If you invest into your marriage, you're going to have a great marriage. A lot of times we invest into our finances because we want our finances to be healthy and, 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 and good and adequate, right? But uh, I think that marriage needs to be one of the most important investments that we make. That's why I'm doing this series. Well, I got this text with some images of them uh, hanging out. And his, his text to me was, healing is very painful but necessary. Maybe someone needs to hear that today, that, that God wants to heal. First of all, he wants to heal you as an individual. And that's painful sometimes because you've got to confront toxicity in your life. Amen? Without God, our life can get pretty toxic. 
and when you heal from that toxicity, it's, it's not always, it doesn't always feel good. Remember what I said last week about being happy. Uh, you know, people say to me all the time, I just want to be happy. Well, God is more interested in you being holy than happy. And if you're holy, you walk in the attributes of God. And guess what? Good things happen. If you're happy and you live your life to be happy, you're going to hurt a lot of people, including yourself. Because people do things to be happy sometimes that hurt other people. Amen? And that includes marriages. So, so the foundation that we laid, uh, the first part was that marriage is uh, essential to a healthy society. And, and we talked about marriage being God's idea. In other words, he thought it up. Uh, so when someone says, well, I think this, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't even matter what I think as a pastor. It matters what God thinks. So it's his idea. It's also God's design. You see that when he formed woman from man. He, he, he designed a woman, and her anatomy is different than a man's. And so the devil will play havoc to try to distort that and, and try to do things that will uh, go completely against the design of God. That's happening in this day and age, all over the place. And your kids and my grandkids are, are being impacted in schools because they're trying to redesign what it is to be male and female. And so you need to know that, okay? So you're either going to believe God and his design, or you're going to fall prey into what everyone else thinks. And then he has a plan for marriage. And in that plan, uh, it's for a man to leave his father and mother and to cleave to his wife, and then the two will become one. That's important. So we're, we're supposed to raise our kids to leave. Someone say Amen. And not only are we supposed to leave, but they, begin, they, they, they go from trusting us and our security parents to trusting God is the one that brings security. And they build on that. And so it's a wonderful thing when we, when we begin to move into that. That's his plan for us. But what happened to this wonderful design, this wonderful plan, this wonderful idea of God? What happened? Well, there's, a, there's an entity in the playing field of life that is dead set against success God's way. He doesn't want you to have success as an individual. He certainly doesn't want you to have success in your marriage. And he plays havoc uh, in your life. And, and his name is, is uh, uh, Satan. It's called the devil, Diabolos, one who penetrates and separates. That's what that word means. I want you guys to really understand that. And he is uh, the craftiest entity in the playing field of life and he's shrewd and he's cunning and we're no match for the devil but Jesus is and when you belong to Christ guess what you have authority and you're able to overcome the wiles of the enemy in your life so that's a, that's a wonderful thing so so you begin to recognize his craftiness and uh, and you begin to understand that his intent is for you to doubt God's word and his goodness. You'll, you'll hear things coming from him, maybe in your mind. Did God really say that it's like this? Why don't you try the fruit on this side? It may be better than the fruit that you have. You mean you haven't experienced some evil in your life? You're missing out. 
And so he, he, he begins to have people question the goodness of God. And then uh, his power, his power is in the lie. He lies, he lies, he lies. He lies about you. He lies about God. And he wants for you to believe the lie. The power of God is in the, the truth. He is the truth. Jesus says, I am the truth, and the truth will set, you, will set you free. So it's a beautiful thing when we walk in truth now. Okay, so those were, we're building on it. We were building from this, this foundation that marriage is what God uses for a healthy society. In fact, as marriages go, that's how the society will go. If marriages are broken in a society, society will start to, start to break down. And, and when you begin to understand that, you, you build. So here's the deal, guys. We're on the white. We're on the we're on the white side. We're on the right side. We're on God's side. Amen. And so that's a foundation right there. And, and but then we need to recognize that there's an enemy in the in the in the uh, playing field of, of your life and my life. And then we move on. We begin to re- we don't put our attention on the devil, but we always discern. That he's around. He's trying to come into our life any way he can. He's looking for that day that he can. Now, here's how we're, how we're going to build today. Every husband, every man has a need. Singular. Every woman, every wife has a need. You, you, you're thinking to yourself, Pastor, I have a lot of needs. No, 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 no. According to God, you have one need. You have a lot of wants. We all have wants. And wants and needs are different things. Amen? So we're going to look at what what the Bible says. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5. And we're going to read there how the Apostle Paul is going to speak to marriages and it's going to help us in, in, in your modern life. It's going to help us to really understand what he says. But here's the thing. I went back in, the, in, the, in this passage. I wanted to read the context of where, of where Paul is going before he speaks to, to husbands and wives. Okay? So we're going to start at verse 15. If you've got your Bible, you can go there. If you, if you don't, it'll be up on the screens. It'll be in your outlines. And here's what, what Paul says in chapter 5, verse 15. He says, be careful how you live. If you agree with that, say amen. You know, you got to be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those that are wise. So it tells me that there's choices in life that are foolish choices, and then there's choices in life that are filled with wisdom. And we get wisdom from God. He said, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. It tells me that there's an enemy. And the enemy in this world brings a lot of evil into life. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. And how do we do that? By knowing his word. You'll never hear the voice of God if you never read his word. Amen? Living Word Chapel first service, Living Word Chapel online. Those of you that are listening, you need to read the Word of God for you to know how to live wise and how to understand what God is, uh, is wanting you to do. Verse 18, don't be drunk with wine. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just kind of uh, contextualize that. Don't be drunk with strong drink. Don't be drunk with too many brewskis. Don't be drunk with whatever will intoxify you because that will what? That will ruin your life. Anyone ever dealt with alcoholism? Maybe a family member, maybe yourself, maybe someone that you love. What does it do to them? It ruins their life. And not only does it ruin their life, it ruins the lives of people around them. Can I tell you why? Because it hurts us when someone is destroying their lives with alcohol. Amen. And I'm going to say something to you. I know you might not like it, but I'm going to say something to you. I would rather never drink again than to have someone stumble that I love. I would, I would rather make that choice. I would rather say, you know what? I will not. I had a, had a relative, and his son became an alcoholic. And, 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 and so this relative, I loved him so much. He was like a wonderful man. And, and he would be talking to me about how his son struggled with alcoholism as he's drinking in front of his son. I was like, it just didn't make any sense. Now, he didn't know the word. He didn't know the word of God. So it, it just speaks volumes to us. Be very careful. Be very wise. Don't make foolish decisions. He said, uh, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, there's a better way. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you, instead of opening this, this, uh, you know, this bottle right here, it's water, by the way. How many of you ever open up the goodness of God? How many of you open up and, and, and you say, Lord, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill my life. That's something that I say all the time. If I get these tempting thoughts, if I get this battle that's going on, I, I, I say, Feel me, Holy Spirit. I believe in you. I trust in you. And I'm telling you, every time I do that, those thoughts begin to dissipate. They begin to go away. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Every time I come up here, I say, I believe in you, Holy Spirit. Speak through me. Okay. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit because this is what it produces. You'll sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, and you'll make music to the Lord in your hearts. You see, worship music is not just for Sunday morning. It's for every day of your life. Whatever melody you're singing in your heart is what's going to come out in your life. If you're, if you're listening, I said this before, if you're listening to music that says, I'm on a highway to hell, you're going to live like you are going to hell. Whatever you're allowing to come into your heart will take over your mind, right? And verse 20, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you were thankful this week? Let, let me ask you a question. If you were thankful this week, can you put on your connect card? Can you say, I was thankful for this so we can count the blessings of God? Instead of all the, all, the, all the problems we have, instead of all the negativity that we have, and how many people talk about all the negative things going on in their life, and you just say, time out. What are you thankful for? What's positive? What's God doing in your life? The gloom and doom is always there, but what, God, what is God doing in your, in your life? And then it says in verse 21, and further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit... To one another. Make, make each other better. Elevate each other. Now, there's a context right there, okay? He says in verse 22, wives, 
This means submit to your own husbands, to your husbands as to the Lord. Now that's, ooh, you're like, what? Lord, have you seen my husband? He don't act nothing like you. But there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a goal here. There's a model. God is trying to teach us something, okay? When you, when you submit to your husband, we're going to talk about that. What does it mean? Verse 23, for a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He, Christ, is the savior of his body, the church. Now, if you belong to Christ, you are one with him. You are a part of what he's doing. Not because you're good, but because he's good. He is your savior, but he also is, 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 allows for us to be the body of Christ. Verse 24, as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. And we're going to talk about that because some of you are thinking, I, uh, I, I know my husband. He's going to be asking me to do things. I, uh, I am not. I am not going there. Lord, you don't know this man. Verse 25, husbands, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And he gave up his life for her. And I know you husbands, you're looking down now, you're acting like if you're writing and you're saying, I can't do it, Lord. That's way too much. I'm not Jesus. I want you to think about something. You're not Jesus, but Jesus lives in you. Amen. The Holy Spirit lives in you, husbands. Verse 29, no one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body, as the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Have you heard that before? Isn't that amazing how the Apostle Paul brings the foundation right there into this passage? This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Let's break this down. Let's talk about it. Let's look at what the takeaways are. I want for you guys to hear the breakdown, and then I want for you to allow the Holy Spirit to just even, even take you deeper into what, what this means to you. So do you notice that the Apostle Paul doesn't say, a wife has this needs, this need, this need, this need. She's got needs. It says she only has one need. Right? He says the same thing about a husband. The, the husband has this need, this need, this need, this need. No, a husband has one thing. That one thing a husband needs, and the one thing that every man needs is respect. And if you're a man in here, you understand that. Even growing up in, in the, in the, in the uh, playground, if someone disrespects you, you're, you say, all right, homie. <laughs> 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 
It's on. Why is that? Because God made us that way. He made us with a need for respect. And, and, and when Paul says, wives, submit to your, your husbands as to the Lord, uh, for the husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church, and, and, and Christ is the savior of his body, the church. You know, I, I have always thought, why, why does God talk to the woman first? Why does he talk to the woman first? Let me tell you why I believe. And I've lived life for 56 years. Been married for 38 of those years. Let me tell you what I've learned about my home. That the woman, the wife, sets the tone in the home. When I'm in a bad mood... My wife can come alongside and talk to me and help me, and then she changes everything in the home. When she's in a bad mood, everybody's in a bad mood. (laughs) Every woman in here has the power to set the tone in the home. You know, why do they call this condition men will pause? Menopause. Why don't they call it something else? Because when, and I'm telling you, that I know it's a condition. I know it's difficult. Shauna and I went through that together. <laughs> and when it says men will pause, oh, we do Pause. You begin to think about what you're going to say. You, be, hey, you, want, the, you want that AC at 68? You got it. <laughs> Ladies, let me tell you something. God has given you an amazing ability to bring good into your home. In fact, the word of God puts great worth on virtuous and honorable wives. And beloved, this is, this is what Christ, beloved, I'm talking to women right now. This is what Christ does in you and does through you. Don't tell me that it's impossible because nothing is impossible for God. Don't tell me you can't do it because let me tell you, when you say you can't do it, you're saying God can't do it through you. And yes, he can. Can I tell you that, that, that my sons, it, they call me just about every day. I got one son that calls me at least twice a day. But there are times in their lives that the only one that they want to talk to is mom. That's how special you are, mom. That's how special you are, wives. This is, this is what the book of wisdom says, the book of Proverbs. It says, Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. He's talking to you women in here. Her husband can trust her. And she will greatly enrich his life. She she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And then you go to to, to verse uh, uh, 28. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. And he's talking right there about that woman in in the family that there's nobody. The family can look at other women, other wives, other moms, and they say, you know what? They're awesome, but no one's like my mom. 
That's the power that you have. That's the God-given ability that every woman has in their home. It goes on. It says, charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Mom, quit chasing the beauty that's fleeting and chase being a woman of God. Quit chasing what, what, what you had in the past and, and thank Jesus for what you have in the present and embrace his goodness in your life. You're special to God. There's no one like you. Reward, reward her for all she has done. Let her, public, let her deeds publicly declare her praise. And I have experienced this in my own home. I have experienced what the Lord has done in my wife. I have, ex- I have experienced how, how she has turned into this virtuous woman. She's not a perfect woman because she's not Jesus. None of us are perfect. But you begin to strive to do the things that honor the Lord. You begin to do the things. And, and, and when you begin to respect your husband, it changes your home. It changes your family. In fact, a, a wife that respects her husband and shows that to her children raises up children that are going to respect not only their dad, but they're going to respect those in authority. They're going to go to school and they're going to respect and give honor where honor is due. They're going to look at law enforcement in a different light. They're going to look at government in a different light. Let me tell you something. You might not respect the person, but you'd respect the office. And you begin to bring honor. And let me tell you what it does. Your home becomes harmonious. Instead of there be bickering and and fighting and, 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 and negativity and putting each other down, it becomes harmonious. You know why? Because you show respect and honor to God by respecting your husband. You're doing it for Jesus. And Jesus is doing it through you. And it honors God. It blesses God when, when we do that. And, and, and let me tell you something that's important. Uh, wives, and I'm going to talk to husbands as well. You don't, re- you don't respect your husbands when they love you. You respect them whether they love you. Let, you let God deal with him. He'll do a lot better job than what you will ever do. It's like forgiveness. You don't forgive people for them. You forgive people for you. So you're not stuck, so you're not attached, or you're not hooked to the unforgiveness, all the bitterness that, that, that you're dealing with. You release them to God. God will deal with them perfectly, but you're unstuck. I mean, you, you, you're able to move forward. Amen? You'll never move past the narrative of where you're at, your trauma, the things that you're dealing with until you say, God, I give them to you. It's the same thing in your marriage. Paul wrote to the church in Colossae in another book. He says, wives, submit to your husbands because it is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. So you're not even doing it for him. You're doing it for God. Are you with me? You you live your life for God, not for people. But because you live your life for God, you love more. You respect more. You honor more. You, you do the things that are going to be beneficial for not only for, for, for uh, their life, but for your life. 
And you begin to, to, to walk in these attributes. And here's what I believe. I believe this with all my heart. The more you submit to the ways of God, the more peace that you have in your life. The more that the Holy Spirit works in you and through you. Hear me. Oh, man, the Lord just gave me a thought. You see, when people are in shambles and their marriages are in shambles, this is what they do. I just, I'm going to deal with it. Give me a drink. This is anointing oil, by the way. <laughs> think, think with me. And then that, that becomes, it, it could become toxic. Amen? Because you deal with your problems a different way. What if you say, I'm going to fill myself up with the Holy Spirit. I need more of him to give me what I need for my marriage to give me what I need for this relationship. And you begin to honor God. And the more that you honor God, the more that you sing praises to God. And he's saying, he, your husband may, you know, he, he might not be where you're at, but he starts to see a difference. And, he, and the Holy Spirit's working on him. And before you know it, they're going to ask you a question like, hey, you know, you, you've been going to church and I see changes in you. I want to go too. See, that happened in my life. My marriage was so messed up before Christ. And Shauna started looking for, for churches so that she could connect, but she wanted me to be there. And true story, she would go to different churches and she'd, she'd look and she'd pan the audience and she'd say, there's not enough Mexicans here. He'll never come here. <laughs> true story. True story. He, you need a little bit of vatos, you know. You need a little bit of air. You need diversity. And then she would go to the next one and she'd say, well... A lot of women, not a lot of men. And these men, you know, they're, they're not like machismo men. We need some machismo men where, where he's going to go because I know him. And I came in here to the church and I was like, all right. There's some bottles. All right. I've seen that homie before. I've seen him at the mine. This guy's a, he's a real man. Now, why are they so happy? You know why they were so happy? They were singing praises to God. Amen? But I hadn't seen that happiness, that joy, until after three or four brewskis, right? And so I started thinking, well, you know, what, what are they doing before they start to do this singing of the songs and stuff like that? But I left that, I left that first time I went to church. They were building this church. I went to, to, to uh, where they were meeting, and I went, and, and something happened. I saw something. I felt something I'd never felt before. And I left there, and I went back every single Sunday, and I'm still coming. I, I, I thought about not coming today, but Shauna said, you got to preach. I said, well, everyone else misses when they want. Why can't I just miss? Well, you got to preach, babe. Okay. But, but it, was, it, was by, it was the respect. Her life began to change. Uh, let, me, let me say this. The wife serves her Lord by accepting the role that God has given her in marriage. Submit, submit, here's the application. Submit does not imply inferiority, that you're inferior in any way. It, it does not mean servility where you have to be a slave. The husband does not have the right to exploit or oppress his wife. That's not Jesus. Authority is not synonymous with tyranny or implying that the wife in any way is lower than him. The, the, the Bible does not classify women below men. They are both equal in God's sight. 
Amen. We, we learned that the, 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 the bone that, that God took from the man was a bone from his side because the woman was always designed to be equal to him. And that's what Jesus does when he comes into our life. He begins to work and bring things together and do it right. Here, here's what, what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, Mexican or white, I added that, Slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And just as the church should submit herself to the Lord for it to operate in a healthy way, in the home, when the wife respects her husband, as Ephesians 5.33 says, let me tell you that your family will benefit from it, that's why the devil will play havoc for it not to happen. So I put some practical ways for 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 uh, wives to show their hubbies, husbands, respect. It's always a wonderful thing for a wife to ask their husband for his opinion. Amen. Let's go back to the creation account. Hear me now. This is, this is biblical. The devil comes to Eve in the form of a serpent, and he begins to tempt her. Do you think that it would have probably been beneficial? Two things would have been very important. Number one, she should have talked to God about it. But the other thing, she might have wanted to talk to her husband about it too. Now, now, and now hear me now. Beloved, don't, don't women, wives, don't let your husband skate by not telling him about things that he needs to help you with decisions. Because let me tell you what will happen if, if, if the wife makes the decisions. The husband will always blame the wife. Look at what you did. I didn't know anything about it. Make him own decisions. Amen? Amen. Ask him his opinion and do not let him get away from that. When he says, oh, do whatever you want. No, 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 no. I want a decision. Make sure that he, that he makes those choices with you, especially parenting. Make those decisions together. I, I'll never forget my, my kids used to come and, to my wife and they would say, Mom, please don't tell my dad about this. You know, you know about it. Don't. She said, I'm not going to tell your dad. You're going to tell him. And if you don't tell him, I will. So ask his, him his opinion. Okay, the other thing that you can practically show your hubby respect is appreciate him. Appreciate him. Say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for you. I'm thank you for you doing this. I really appreciate you. It works a lot better than for you not to appreciate him and thinking he's going to change. The, the third way is show him honor. Show him honor. You know, it just says esteem him higher. You know, saying, you know what? My husband, I'm going to honor him. It's so important that you honor him because then he feels better about himself. See, men want respect, but when you dishonor a husband, he feels that he's not living up to who he needs to be. How about this? You can, you can practically pray for your husband. Instead of talking about him, talk to God for him. Are you with me? How many of you ladies in here with a show of hands, do you pray for your husband on a daily basis? Yeah, it's beautiful. If, if you didn't raise your hand, let's start doing that. Pray for your husband. How about asking him about his day? How many husbands don't talk? Ask him. How was your day? And that's important with your kids too. 
Don't let your kids get on electronics. Have conversations with them. Ask them about what's going on. Compliment him is another way that you can show respect. Compliment your husband. How about this one? There's times that a man needs space. Give him space. Most men, if you'd let them, you give them a little bit of space. I know sometimes you want to press in. Give them space. Let them, let them, let them process and then have a conversation with them. You can, you can communicate that. You can make that a, a system in your home. Like, you know what, honey, I know that you need, I know you need a little bit of space. I'm going to give you space, but I really want for us to revisit this. Don't let them off the hook, right? Uh, and this one right here, I know nobody does it here in, in, in first service, maybe second service, struggle with this. Uh, do not nag. Do not nag. That doesn't do anybody any good. Amen? The Bible talks about a nagging wife is like a drippy faucet. Just, you know, I put this down too. Uh, kiss him often because there's dopamine that, 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 that works. When, when, you, when you kiss, God has made it that, that uh, you know, that it, it, your, your emotions, uh, your chemicals in your body, there's something special that happens. Kiss him often. And you keep that thing, that, that, that spark that, that God he formed it in you as a husband and a wife. You guys have something that no one else should have with your husband or with your wife. That's why I extended this series to next week. And I'm going to be talking about the truth about sexual intimacy. And what does God say about sex? And how should we operate with that? So that's next week. Just kind of pause right now. And the men said, we're coming. We're coming to that. <laughs> Speak well of him. Speak well of him. The more that you speak well of your hubby, the more that he'll begin to live into that. The more that you speak uh, death and, and negativity, the more that he'll begin to look negative and not live up to it. And here's, here's one that's, that's vitally important, but I think we take it real lightly. Smile at him. See, husbands are used to the look. We were, we, were eating, we were eating dinner, Sean and I, this week with some, with some friends, and, and someone said to us, what's that? You guys keep looking at each other because we weren't sitting together. And, and what do you, what do you, she was like, go get a room. <laughs> but smile at each other. You know, just keep that love. Here's the a, here's a second takeaway. The one thing that a wife needs, needs, is love. Every woman, every young girl needs love. In fact, men and, and even teenagers can manipulate young girls and women by telling them that they love them and make them cross thresholds that they shouldn't cross. Hear me. And once you cross that threshold, and some of you girls know this, there's no turning back. Love, love, is, love is heavy. And every wife needs love. They want Jared's. But they need love. Right? Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. So, so God teaches us what our wives need is this love that only God can provide. And, and what, what I've come to understand, and when you do research on this, on this passage, 
It's not the, there, there, there's uh, six different words for love in the Greek. It's a very precise language, right? He, he doesn't use, he doesn't use uh, phileia, which means reciprocal love. And how you, you, you love and, and then you, you get that love back and you just have this friendship kind of love. He doesn't use that love. He doesn't use the love for affection, eros, right, where we get the word erotic from, which is passionate love. He's not talking about that kind of love. He's talking about agape. And it's a love that we receive from God. It's unconditional love. And so God gives us that agape and that agape we give it to our wives, So it's a divine love. It doesn't expect anything back in return. Husbands, I'm talking to you. That love that God wants for you to give your wife is not for you to receive it back. It's for you to give it and say, Lord, I trust you to just shower my wife with the love that she needs for today. Amen? It's, It's unconditional. Think about this. God loves James Reese whether I deserve it or not. And can I tell you something? Probably about 51%, and I'm kind of fudging here, I don't deserve his love. But he gives me his love. Because I fall short of his glory. Amen? Now this is the thing for us husbands. It's not if our wife deserves our love. It's that God says, give it to her. Give her my love. Love her for who she is, right? And, and so when we, when we walk in this, this is so good. When we walk in this kind of love, your relationship stands out. When people see your relationship, they see your marriage, they say, man, that's, that's a model right there. It's not you, it's God. Beloved, we should be a model for this world to say, look at this marriage, they should look at husbands and say, man, that, that, that kind of love is the kind of love that I want to share. I, I'll never forget, when I gave my life to Jesus, my dad, you know, he, he wanted me to, to change my life. I was in a denomination that I was raised in, and, and he, he wanted me to change my life, but he didn't want me to leave this denomination. But I found Jesus, and Jesus brought me here. And so I began to walk with God, and he, he, he would observe me for about six months. He would just look at me and just look at my, my, my life, my family. And one of the things that he said that stood out to me completely is he said at the end of six months, he said, I've been looking at you. I've been looking at your, at your life. I've been looking at your marriage, and I've never seen love like I see in this home. That is God. Are you with me? You walk in the love of God because that's who he is. It's a self-sacrificing love. It's a love that is oriented to someone else. It's a, it's a polar opposite of, of being narcissistic where, where it's all about you. See, when you come to Christ, it's not about you anymore. It's about him and everyone he brings into your life. You understand your worth, but knowing your worth says, I'm going to love people. And there's no one that you should love more than your wife. Amen? So it's, it's, it's a self-sacrificing love that you cannot <clears throat> do. You cannot love without God because it's God's love. The third thing that I, that I see from this, it's also a one-way love, meaning you love whether, whether or not love is returned. And, and it turns us into husbands who put 
our rights aside and take up the responsibility of loving our wives even if they don't respect us. That's how you know it's God. Are you with me? Because people are very conditional. We'll do things if it's beneficial for us. That's not God. God loves us because that's who he is. Amen? And his love is constant. And when it's a one-way love that you're, that you're walking in, you can only, this is the only way you can do it, by getting up in the morning and say, God, I need you in my life. I need you in my marriage. God, God I, I, I need you as a husband. I need you as a dad. <clears throat> I need you in every aspect of my life. Lord, fill me. Fill me, Holy Spirit, with this love that you're talking about. And I'll tell you right now, beloved, it's there for us. But you got to be intentional. You got to let God heal you. You got to let God heal your marriage. Some of you in here, we're going to pray right now. God wants to heal you as an individual, but He wants to heal your marriage. He doesn't want you to survive in marriage, He wants you to thrive in marriage. He he wants you to to walk in this uniqueness that only He can bring. And believe me, He can do it. Here's some practical ways to show your, your honey. So when my wife calls on my phone, it says, honey bunny. So when I call her, it says, hubby, right? So here's how, how, how do you, you can show your honey or your wife <clears throat> love. Man, get ready. Sit up because it's going to be it's right at you, bro. <clears throat> here's the first thing. Really listen to her. That's so important. I, I put it first. Really listen to her. Put down your phone. Turn off the golf channel. Tur- turn down things. You need to be present. Be present. And that's hard for us. One of the things that I've really tried to do, and God has helped me with this, is I try to listen. Now, now don't get me wrong. I struggle with these. I have to work at all these right here, but, but I try to be intentional. One of the things that I try to do is I try to have cues and listen to her. And she'll say, yeah, I really like that. I really, what, women are always talking. Wives are always talking. They're always saying what they want, but they'll never ask you, hey, I want this. It's like I told you guys, it's like going out to eat, right? Where do you want to eat, honey? Uh, wherever. All right, let's go have a burrito. Ah, not a burrito. (laughs) Okay, what do you want to have? Well, uh, you know, babe, whatever. Just not a burrito. Okay, let's go have chicken wings. I want to have wings. Uh, No, no, not wings. (laughs) Well, what do you want to have? What is Shauna, what do you want to have? Whatever, you pick, you decide. (laughs) Let's go have a salad. Oh, yeah, that's great. I'll have a salad. Okay, so be present. But let me go to that. So I, I, I try to listen to things Sean says. I really like that. And I say, okay, there's a gift. There's a, there's a Christmas or a birthday gift. I try to listen to those gifts. I'm helping you, man, right here. They're always speaking, okay? Here, here's another way, practical way you can love your wife. Pray for her. Instead of talking about her, pray for her. Let me say something. Don't come to me talking to me about your wife. Go to God and say, Lord, I, I, I need your help. I need your strength. Pray for her. How about this? Pray with her. I can say this because I do it. Sean and I pray just about every day. If we miss a day, it's very, it, it doesn't happen very much. But every day 
We pray together, and I'll tell you, it's changed our life. Praise her when she's with you, and praise her when she's not around you. You want to change your heart? Begin to praise. Say, Lord, thank you for that wife. Thank you for Shauna, Lord God. Thank you for, for what you have done in her, what you're doing through her. Thank you that she's an amazing mom to my kids. Thank you, Lord, that she notices the socks that are on the floor. She's so precise, Lord God. Thank you for that. She just understands things, Lord. Don't flirt. It should be self-explanatory, but some men don't get it. Don't flirt with other women. That's a practical way to love your wife. Just get away from that, right? And now I'm getting into the start of next week. Give her a massage. Wives love massages. And one of the things that, and, and, and I'm going to keep it G, but one of the things, so, so my wife likes for me to massage her feet because her feet, you know, she, she walks a lot and sometimes I'll just sit there and, and I'll massage her feet and, and I'm, you know, my mind starts, that's men. <laughs> Babe, you're just massaging my feet. Oh, okay. So <laughs> massage. Give her a kiss on the cheek. Sometimes that's a very, very wonderful, practical way to show her you love her. I know what you guys are thinking was just, do I stop there? Well, that, that's next week. We'll talk about that. The, the next one, this is very practical. Do the laundry every once in a while. And some of you men are just like, what you talking about? Do the dishes. Do the dishes. Do, 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 the, do those small things because really you're, what you're doing is you're investing into them. And how, how many of you men do this? Just raise your hand if you do, you do this. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, what about the other men that didn't raise their hands? <laughs> do that every once in a while. It's a wonderful thing. Okay, so, so those are the, the, the two takeaways. Here's the third one. I'm going to go pretty fast with this one. That... Um, the bigger picture and the greater meaning of marriage we find in this passage. So there's, there's her need, his need, but there's a, there's a greater meaning and a bigger picture to marriage. And can I tell you what that is? It involves everyone in here and Jesus. That's what, that's what we learn. Christ loves the church. He gave up his life for her. So biblically speaking, the church, she is the bride. We are all the bride. Jesus is the bridegroom. Amen? So let's see what it says. Um, He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her, the church, to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. God's not done with us. Amen? And God is more interested in our holiness and our happiness. Amen? And so sometimes doing the things that God calls us to do are not easy, but they're always beneficial. And so we begin to walk them out. We begin to live them out. Church, 
Our marriages should look different than other people's marriages that don't know Jesus. Can I tell you why? Because we are also a bride. He's a bridegroom. And and there's going to be this amazing wedding feast that all of us are going to partake of if we are in Christ. And that wedding feast, I know they're going to have cumbias. And they're going to have some two-stepping. How do you two-step? They're going to have all these different things going on in this great wedding feast, and we're just going to be praising the Lord and, and, and just allowing him to be this amazing, loving groom because he loves you so very much. He's got such a wonderful plan for each of our lives. Here's how the book of Revelation puts it. He said, then I heard again what sounded like a shout of a vast crowd or the roar of a mighty ocean waves or even the crash of loud thunder. Praise the Lord. For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to him. For the time has come for the wedding feast of the Lamb. And his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear. For the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, these are true words that come from God. I'm going to close by saying this, beloved. How many of you know without a shadow of a doubt that you're going to be there? If you don't, today you make that right. If, if, If he's worth it, if he's worth your time, if he's worth you surrendering your life to him, just pray this prayer with me. It's a simple prayer. And I put it every week in your, in your handouts. It says, God, I need you in my life. For, forgive me for trying to live my life without you. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of the Savior. And today, I am turning from my sin and placing my faith in your son, Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world who died for my sins on the cross at Calvary. I believe he rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he would. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior today, and I choose to follow him from this day forward in the fellowship of his church. In Jesus' name, I pray. And if you prayed that prayer, say amen and amen. And let me tell you something, beloved. If you prayed that prayer, tell someone, I am giving my life to Jesus because you found the love that will never change. It will stay constant in your life and he will change you in every aspect of your life. Our marriages are gonna make it, if you're married right here, even if you're watching online, if you're married and you're together, stand up if you don't mind. Stand up right now if you're married and, uh, and let me just pray over you real quick. <clears throat> hold hands. If, if your husband or your wife is here, hold hands. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every one of these couples. Lord God, thank you that you made us with a need to be loved and respected, Father. I pray that you will do in our hearts what only you can do, Lord God. Let our marriages not be marriages that survive. Let us be marriages that thrive. 
Holy Spirit, fill every person in here, not only the ones that are standing, but the people that are sitting. I pray, Lord, that you will do a work in each one of us that only God can do, and it will be for your glory, and we're going to walk out with the power and authority of Jesus Christ, and we're going to give you glory in everything that we do this week, and we pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people said amen and amen. Have a wonderful week, and shine for Christ.